my third Baloo on the podcast, Brother Jody, on DaleWileyShow.com. Podcast hosted by music fan and the founder of Slewfit Records, Mr. Dale Wiley. Hey, Jody, are you here? Hey, Dale. Hey, it's good to hear from you. And you. <laughs> and so I'm talking today to my friend Jody Ballou, and I'd like to start by just saying, how did you first get interested in music? Uh, from the time I was a wee baby, I was immersed yes. in music. There was a a baby grand piano sitting in oh, the really? living room of yeah of our wow. tiny tiny little uh one bedroom on West Division Street across All from right. the stockyard. So uh, to show you where the family's priorities were, right? Clearly, <laughs> the rental one bedroom with a baby grand piano. <laughs> My mom was a a music major and a. <clears throat> a uh, wonderful pianist and my dad was a sort of an entrepreneur gospel musician right. in his early days so yes we were just, we just grew up in it and so what was the music that you first really liked and identified with um my brother and i both wore out this uh vinyl disc that uh it was an lp that my parents group the waymakers did with stan hitchcock Okay. Uh, the, the country singer who late, later uh, hosted a reboot of the Ozark Jubilee. Oh, really? And, yeah. Uh, that was a a good show. I really enjoyed it. But uh, <laughs> so side A was Stan singing with uh, the Waymakers, my parents' group, backing him up. And side right. B was side B was all the Waymakers. Okay. And so uh, learned those songs up and down, and uh, that was that was an early immersion. Uh, thanks to my parents. <laughs> well, were there any, what was the pop, pop, popular stuff that you liked? Well, uh, early, early Jody was, yes. uh, lots of gospel. And okay. if, if the pop made my, um, made my radar, it, it was, I don't know. It was just the, the really out front, whoever was enormously famous. Uh, I knew, I knew who they were. So from right. Kiss to the Queen to uh, Elton John. Oh, right. Elton John was a another record we wore out. Um, oh yeah. The I'd brown, the brown, um, Jesus Christ Superstar Studio yes. LP. Yes, uh, that that was something we listened to a lot. <laughs> and so, are you older or younger than Mark? I'm five years older than my brother. Okay, well that's great. And so. How did it come about? You know, Mark kind of told how Big Smith got started. What do you see about that? How did that happen? I went to uh, an Ozark River Rescue event in Ozark, and I think I think I might have been playing in a sort of 
maybe it was a pickup cover band or something like that. Right. No great shakes. But right. on the same on the same stage um was my brother and now at the time we uh, I was playing probably blues and pop music and he had been playing uh pop music of of his choice as well. Right. And but he came back from Austin and he was up there on stage in overalls and a straw hat. <laughs> and I remember the song was the worried man blues, sort of a, the Woody Guthrie Carter family yes, yes. version. Right. And, and two thoughts went through my mind. Number one, okay. what the, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> and the and other number thought, two, got to hear that. The, Number two was, this is freaking amazing. <laughs> this is, nobody was doing it at the time. This was before, right. oh, oh, brother, where art thou? And the, yes. the oh, sort clearly. of resurgence. And, yeah. um, and I was like, this is, this is important. This is good. I, I want to do this. Yes. So, uh, Mark was definitely the pioneer in, uh, in, Sticking that out, I I listened to his conversation with you, and uh, I I didn't know the uh, Danny Barnes connection at the time. Really? Well, that's uh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, uh, and I love Danny and yeah. and and his stuff. Um, when uh, my first Danny Barnes record, I was like, yeah, why why can't I do this? this <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and so talk about how different it was back then, because you know I feel like. The world was just different back then. For sure. Well, uh, so we're coming out of the 90s. Um, alternative rock had right? happened. Yes. <laughs> and um, everybody liked to say, I don't like country. They, they like to make themselves sound cool by saying they don't like country. For sure. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Um, I I did. But um, yes, uh, I mean, but still they was... would say, well, I like this kind of country, but not that kind of country. They made sure. it sound very much like they were elitists. Sure, sure. Well, the uh, golden aging has always been a thing where people think yes. music <laughs> music yes. used to be better, but um, but there wasn't really uh, alt country was was just starting just to getting bloom. started, definitely. And alt bluegrass wasn't really a thing. Uh, we we were never bluegrass, by the way. Right. But, um, uh, probably got more in common with Gillian Welch or. Lucinda Williams then well, with uh Del Before McCurry. we go any further, what do you describe your music as? Um we used to say hillbilly as a shortcut, but um I I say it's bluegrass instrumentation, but we play whatever we want. Uh right. You they take away your bluegrass card if you have a washboard and drum yes. kit. <laughs> I would imagine so. We, the washboard we were, is probably a, an immediate cutout. Without naming the venue, we, we got complaints when we played uh, bluegrass festivals because I, even though we were very well <laughs> very well attended and very well received, right. um, maybe too much so, if you know what I mean. Right, and, exactly. <laughs> and uh, a little too different. We weren't, uh, we weren't doing the bluegrass orthodoxy for sure. Yes, so. <laughs> definitely. And so then where to go from there? How did, how to get started? Well, my brother and I, uh, and actually almost everybody else in the band were songwriters. And so, um, another thing we had going for us is that 
uh, at a big Smith show, you were probably going to hear a lot of things you hadn't heard. And this was at a time, this was at a time before, um, people demanded that you play the song they hear. (laughs) (laughs) Play Moni Moni. Uh, play the, uh, what's the other thing? That they yeah, it, well, free Freebird, yeah, Freebird, <laughs> Freebird yeah. for sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we we're playing original music, and uh, we have some chops, but I think what people really responded to was uh, a sense of this is really who we are—the authenticity, sure, uh, vector. Uh, authenticity versus virtuosity doesn't have to be a battle, but um, we, we were, we were definitely ringing the authenticity bells for people, yes, uh, people definitely. but people were saying things like this, this feels like home or this feels like coming home. And, um, definitely there, there weren't many bands in town that or elsewhere that you felt like that after the show. There were no bands like Miz, Miz, Big Sith around at that time. This was the beginning of the, of a big wave. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And uh, I felt lucky to be a part of it. Yes. And so once everything started happening, tell me about the influence that Lou had on your music. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lou, uh, speaking of authentic people. Right. Lou, you know, Lou was, yes. <laughs> Lou, Lou, was Lou. He was also so smart and funny and... um. And so the the first studio album that we did, the Big Smith, um, he was he just was our engineer and mentor and technician and uh, musical advisor, and he had the Hammond in the attic and everything. Uh, yes. we need. By the way, no no Hammond organ in most bluegrass, so that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and or so piano. but tell me about him as a mentor. What did that mean to you? Well, this was later in our career, but let me tell you what for me is a quintessential Lou Whitney story. Sure. We, we were, uh, we were a few years from what turned out to be breaking up and maybe a couple of years. And, um, it fell to me to produce, um, one of our albums, which turned out to be Kin. And, um, I had ideas with capital yes. I, Dale. <laughs> and the, these, these ideas, involved showing everybody uh you know that this band was going to work and like i was i was (laughs) yes i was i not only had ideas for the music i had ideas about fixing my bandmates really uh, your cousins and your brother for for sure which you know (laughs) uh listeners of the dale wiley show never a great idea to uh (laughs) yes include fixing your colleagues as part of your mission (laughs) yes as part of your so, designs for the music, definitely. So, so Lou uh, found out I'm going to be the quote producer, and he was just so great. I think he probably divined all these things were happening, and um, he let me do my dumb ideas. Like uh, one dumb idea is we're all just going to stand around a microphone and record this thing. Okay. And, <laughs> and instead of saying that's stupid he right. um <laughs> he was he was uh one of the first collaborators that i had who truly collaborated he was like yeah yeah let's try it let's go let's do it <laughs> and he set up the stuff and it didn't work but uh 
guess what? He had also set up 57s in front of all the instruments. <laughs> and so he was not waiting around because he knew it, it wasn't going to work. He was just like, let's do this as a backup, but I love this plan. Let's go for it. Right. And, uh, and so it, it, it wound up working sort of despite my ideas with a capital I and my, <laughs> my secret mission and, um, all that kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, just, just to, the presence of mind and patience and uh, emotional intelligence that it took for him to negotiate that difficult time uh, just really impresses me. You know, it really kind of astounds me to see how much he just kind of knew, you know, what he was doing and was so confident without being a jackass about it. Everything he did, he just made you feel so comfortable. Right. Uh, and he didn't. It's not like he namby pambied either. Yes, uh, he, he he didn't pussyfoot. He told you what he thought, right? But but without being, as you say, a jackass, right? Definitely. And he, so, he knew how. No, he, he knew how to make you feel like you were. He was on your side, and that's because he was. He he didn't yes. have anything to prove, and he, uh, right. he wanted you to succeed, and he didn't. He didn't have any reason to impress people or. And, you know, I think that that's one reason why his legend is going to live on after his death. I mean, he was a man for all times, not just for that time. Absolutely. Uh, just look at the list of people who love him. Oh, um, yeah. And who, who made great music with him. And Yes. That's, uh, that's quite a legacy. Well, so what are a couple of good Big Spiz stories? What do we need to know about that band? Big Smith stories. Um, one thing that that is on my mind quite a bit is the Fayetteville connection. All right, and uh, we we love playing in Springfield, but I think our our true home was Fayetteville, Arkansas. Okay, tell um, me about that. It was just well in the first place. You you probably already know this, but music towns. Yes, in quotes. They don't just happen. Sure. <laughs> yes. It's, it's not, it's, it's not like Austin didn't emerge as a music town by accident or because they had good bars or whatever. Yes. It's, it's a handful of people who worked really hard and probably exactly. didn't make, didn't make very much money. They just poured their heart into it because they right. loved music and, and believed in music. And what, and Fayetteville was that, that kind of town. Um, we had, after we uh, made our splash down there, we had people who loved us and looked out for us and um, didn't let us get overexposed and, and that kind of thing. Um, so we had years uh, and, and to this little revival, we've been experiencing uh, years of love and uh, community from, from that town. Right. And what else would you need to know? Um, I think one thing that you should know about Big Smith is that you can hear, I think you can hear in the music when, um, people, um, love each other and, uh, are pulling in the same direction. Um, what? It's when you're squabbling over little things, it's it's easy to forget the big picture, which the right. big picture was we all love the same music and, and wanted yes. to do the same thing. 
Um, one funny thing about Big Smith and and the Blue family in general, uh, okay. the the side of the family that Mark and I and the cousins are related on, uh-huh. uh, is if you strike up a tune that everybody knows, nobody sings lead. Really, okay. <laughs> everybody's singing harmony, and so you have uh, there's, you know, we would sing first verse or whatever, and we would have to say, "Hey, come on, somebody sing lead." <laughs> we we need the melody. It's it's great that everybody's trying to take a back seat and do supporting right. roles, but but we need somebody to uh, step up and actually sing the lead line. That's that's. I don't know. I think there's metaphor potential in there for yes, definitely how, <laughs> for how Big Smith worked at it when we were at our best and and doing what we knew how to do. Well, and so I say now, what are you doing now? What's Jody Blue now? Well, Jody Blue now is uh, I, I've got my little studio set up and I've play music every day and write little songs in my head and and in reality. But the main thing I do is I teach people to read and write as a high school English teacher. Oh, read, really? write, and re- read, write, research, and sift information. Okay. That's and how has that been during the pandemic? Well, um, we did online learning the, the, after the um, closures and uh, isolation hit, and I thought that was going to be a disaster. But... Um, it was great. What what wound up happening is the kids and I were writing back and forth a lot and um turned out that was a, a good way for us to stay in relationship and And where where are you teaching? I teach at Kickapoo High School. Okay. Were you in the school? Yeah, yeah. I uh I graduated there back in the day and came back as uh for that to be my employment. Like, welcome back, Cotter, man. This is uh, the same absolutely. concept. <laughs> and so anyway, what is up? What is the, the future for Big Smith? Well, we are playing a handful of shows. We, since everybody has um, other jobs now, we, we, we don't play very often. And of course, during the closures and, and the, uh, <laughs> yes, the quotas, we, we, we've, had to cancel quite a few gigs, but um, right. if you look uh, in a, in a venue near you after life gets back to normal, we may, we play maybe, I don't know, in a, a venue maybe once a year. Um, okay. Well, that's fun. If that. Yeah. Yeah. Any album coming out or anything else? No plans for that. We, we've never ruled it out, but um, we would have to, Come up with a batch of songs somehow. <laughs> so. I see it coming. It's gonna come. Okay, there's well, gonna be great. more I'll... Big Smith coming. <laughs> that that would be fun. Yes, it'll be fun. And thank you for being on the podcast. I love it, Dale. Thank you for doing this. I enjoy listening to your show, and uh, yes, uh, appreciate all the work you've done for our music community as well. Well, I've tried to do that too, but yeah, it's so fun to just listen to people instead of talk. Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> All right, thank you, man. Talk to you later. Thanks, Dale. We'll talk to you soon. DaleWileyShow.com.